and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Friday. Thanks for tuning in here to The Blaze live and on demand. I am Steve Dace. Todd and Aaron are here with me as they are most days. We have a fourth person with us, at least for the first hour, because it is a Dace Group Friday. So we'll be talking uh, with Shannon Joy, New York talk show host here in a matter of moments. Quick little housekeeping note. Monday is a company holiday, so we will not be here. But I do believe there will be guest hosts on Monday, Aaron, correct? That's what I'm aware of. Yep. Uh, so we will have guest hosts. So apparently it is not a company holiday for them. But it will be for us. So you will have a new show on Monday. It just won't be with us. 888-900-3393 is the number here at The Blaze. Steve at stevedace.com is how you can email us. You can like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. And the last name is spelled D-E-A-C-E. The Dace Group coming up here in a matter of moments. Next hour, today's Truth Bomb. Uh, as well as some feedback Friday. We'll get to some of your responses to us a little bit later on in the program. One of the cool things about getting to do this for a living is the opportunity to support uh, noble causes as well, like Back to Jerusalem. And their mission is to reach what are called closed countries. Those are countries where oppressive regimes don't want their people inspired by the hope found in the Word of God, so they've closed them off to it. Well, they want to open those countries up to the Scriptures, countries like China, where they're located, in fact, uh, Iran, North Korea, uh, Congresswoman Ilhan Omar's progressive utopian paradise known as Somalia. Uh, these are the places that they want to bring the word of God to, but how to get it in there? Well, they've taken the word of God and they've essentially, without changing a syllable of it, just repackaged it to about, you know, yay big. Uh, you know, I guess we'd call it pill size, like if you were, you know, had those horse pills you get when you have strep, you know, kind of a pill size. And this is the way they get the scriptures uh, through the gatekeepers in these closed countries. And they're asking for our help here at The Blaze with bringing this hope to these uh, closed nations. If you'd like to help us out, they're looking for 10,000 of us to give $15. That's the price of you and a guest going to a fast food lunch of your choice. Just $15 from 10,000 of us will reach uh, so many people uh, with the word of God in these countries. Here's how you can help. Blaze help. Dot .org is the website. That's blazehelp.org, or you can call them at 844-305-0566. And now, the Dace Group. Your weekly look at the week that was begins with issue one, any bricks in the wall. After the government shut down the Oval Office speech, the government reopening without a deal on the wall, the State of the Union address and a second round of negotiations to keep the government from shutting down again. President Trump was left with. By the way, I don't know, you heard, right? Today, we started a big, beautiful wall. Nope. A little over $1.375 billion for a border fence in certain areas, and he's supposedly declaring a national emergency, even though he's been in office for two years, and this fight in particular has been going on for about two months. I say to Congress, I will never sign another bill like this again. I'm not going to do it again. Nobody read it. 
It's only hours old. The spending bill, which Trump is expected to sign, includes less than the original $5.6 billion the Democrats originally agreed to back in late 2018, the ability for local officials to have veto power over a wall in their area, the ability for unaccompanied alien children to have their mother's aunt's cousin's nephew's father's friend from Rio Venado claim amnesty because they're their guardian, the doubling of the number of low-skilled workers to enter the country, and over $1 billion for the Smithsonian. If you can't make a good deal with a politician, then there's something wrong with you. I say to Congress, I will never sign another bill like this again. I'm not going to do it again. Nobody read it. So the presser this morning, um, I I got a text from a guy who's a very well-respected conservative strategist for conservative politicians you know, the, the six of them we currently have. And um, he texted me as we were watching that presser this morning together where Trump issued his emergency declaration. He's like, what is this? What, what, what is this? And I told him uh, this is the first ever confirmed case of the spreading of airborne erectile dysfunction. Uh, this, this, was, uh, this was a cucktastic event. I, I had to turn it off. I, I couldn't handle any more of this. And for those of you in the, well, see, what's your solution to this crowd? Because, you know, I'm the, I'm the president, so it's my job to come up with solutions. I, I, I reject that notion anyway, but just to show you how uh, the, the level of dumbassery you are being subjected to, I'll give you the, what the solution of this was. The solution of this was just sign a short-term continuing resolution for a couple weeks like you just did. Uh, go fight for your emergency declaration. Rather than, um, guys, I believe so much in the emergency declaration that I'm going to take a crap deal from Congress with numerous poison pills. Aaron didn't even put in there uh, on top. Basically, to sum up what Aaron put in there, local communities run by Democrats, which is pretty much all these counties at the border, uh, can just say we don't want the wall and I veto it. I did put it. that in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm, I know you did, but I'm kind of summing up that part. Yeah. What also is not in there is we agreed to lower the amount of detention beds by almost 20%. And the whole Obama catch and release scam is in there. I mean, this is everything Democrats have ever asked for other than outright amnesty. But it is it is sowing the seeds. It's making the, the, the soil fertile for if we're going to go this far, we might as well take the next step. He's undermined his entire case for a national emergency by signing a full-fledged budget for nearly the rest of this year with numerous amnesty poison pills. He then gives a cucktastic presser, and now he's going to the Mar-a-Lago. Watch, mark my words, a federal judge is going to put an injunction on this on the grounds he went to the Mar-a-Lago. Just like we saw federal judges say, well, you can't do that because in your speeches we thought they were racist, so we're going to put an injunction on that. A federal judge is going to say, if you really believe this was a national emergency, why'd you go hang out with some bucks and blondes and go golfing and glad handing the weekend right after you signed it? You're not serious about this. So, you know, take your crazy and pedal it somewhere else. All right. So th- this this has been uh, this is this is somewhere between a con and a cuckening. Uh, this is this is essentially a show to save face with a with the most gullible portion of his base to make it look like he's doing something. Okay, Uh, and I want to I'm going to say something that I haven't I haven't talked about on this show yet because I wasn't on the air when I learned this yesterday. You probably some of you know that a group of angel moms went to the White House. Well, I want you to know, I know for a fact because I saw the exchange. 
these angel moms were turned away. These are, these are families who've lost loved ones because of crimes committed by illegal aliens. Were, were angrily turned away at the White House yesterday by members of, the Trump, of Trump's White House staff. And they were told it's because, quote, we can't let him see the dead kids because then he'll get mad and he won't sign the omnibus that he is signing uh, into law. So that's the latest. That's where we are. Uh, I'm going to go to Shannon first. Um, because if there was ever a day for her to serendipitously be booked to be on this roundtable, this would be it. So, Shannon, um, how feel you? You know, I, I I hate to say I told you so. I, at the very beginning, from the Oval Office address up through um, the State of the Union, I have said that I believe this is a, a an episode of DC TV. This is a reality show. I'm of the belief that President Trump has known for quite some time, perhaps even before he um, came into office, that the the border wall was going to be an impossibility. And I think much of what we've seen over the past two years, much much of what we've seen over the past uh, eight weeks has been a show to give the appearance to his base that he's really fighting for a wall, knowing all the well for the, you know, the entire time that he he's not going to be able to do it. And so... Um, you know, this is this is one of the reasons why I encourage conservatives to move away from this president, not necessarily because you hate him or he's a bad guy, but because he's just not the guy to get it done. And the more we engage in defending the progressive policies that are being put forth by this president, the the less stature we have and the less ability we have to actually fight progressives. Um, the number one goal here is to secure the border, build a wall. But this president, from day one, I mean, the, what what he should have done on day one is shut the government down the moment he came into office and expose the number one impediment to building a wall and securing the border. And that would be Mitch McConnell yep. and the rhinos around him. That's that's yep. what President Trump would have done if he had actually wanted to achieve this. And so we can play the game forever. I mean, but at some point we have to make the hard decision. You know, I was thinking the other day, you know, the the, the question here is, but Hillary, but Hillary, what are the Democrats going to do? I, I almost feel as if it might have been better if we had Hillary Clinton in office, because at least we would have had a coherent conservative movement and a coherent Republican Party in place to oppose her. Uh, with President Trump, we are defending the policies of Obama. We're defending the policies that could have been pl- in place by Hillary Clinton. We're getting gun control, pa- Planned Parenthood, debt deficit spending. And we're going to continue down this vortex until we we realize that we need a new second party. We need a new movement. We need to emancipate completely from the Republican Party and and start over. And it's sad and it's going to be difficult and it's quite scary because the Democrats are awful. But I don't see any other recourse at this point. Todd. Was it Dennis Green, the late Dennis Green, who said they are who we thought they were? Correct. That's that's pretty much where we're at with the specifics of all this. Um, This is this is what we get with this uh, pot of soup uh, that we made. Uh, I want to, Shannon nailed it. Uh, Steve's right on. Uh, Instead of continuing that lament, I want to address something specifically regarding now the conservative hosannas about, uh, we cannot endorse this overreach uh, by President Trump. What a terrible precedent it sets. Um, I want to read the tweet I put out because I've been thinking, you know, what's worth saying on this fundamentally? Uh, and I chose my words uh, specifically. 
This national emergency abuse basically was started by the courts with Rome, a branch of government totally stepping out of bounds in the name of fake justice. This is what almost everyone on both sides has been giving a de facto endorsement to for decades. So all of us can choke on it. I, the virtue signaling now, this, they are who we thought they were, all of them. This, this is not like some moment in time where suddenly we're pushing on the edge of the Constitution. No, we began doing that a long time ago, and we've just been saying, yeah, well, I don't know. What can we do? Um, th- our government is fundamentally broken in terms of the branches, their prerogatives, uh, their priorities. Uh, that horse left the barn, man. And so I, one thing I'm not going to do is sit and watch by while now this new script— this new chapter is written uh, where it's, so, it's not because I'm defending Donald Trump, but I, that's that's a BS scapegoat. Mm-hmm. It has been uh, all of us for decades, uh, all of us, uh, the, the ones who have been holding the banner of conservative from in terms of specific issues, white papers, things like that. But. Ultimately, in terms of being the boots on the ground, the doers, uh, we have been failing for a long, long time. I'm sick of that scam. With you on that wholeheartedly. Um, Most of the people that told us up until the last few days, when when it became clear, particularly in the last 36 hours, the president just isn't serious about this on a substantive level. He's serious about saving political face, not about actually protecting the border. But up until that point, the vast majority of people who were saying the president shouldn't do this, it's a terrible precedent to set, have no, had, had said nothing for the last 45 years while the courts were setting unilateral uh, unco- anti-constitutional precedents for decades. That's why I had no issue. We just brought, we brought Josh Hammer on the show two weeks ago, a federal clerk, former federal judge clerk, to make the legal case why he could do this. The reason why I, sh- I changed my position last night is because Trump exposed his position. That I'm, I'm totally fine with taking extraordinary means to roll back the kind of stuff you're talking about. But this isn't a we, we are t- we literally told the country the borders a national emergency. And then we went ahead and put into law policies that will make the case that we claim we have worse. Uh, and, and, and then we gave, we gave, we're, we're, the president is giving public statements that are under my, my fear is now we've, we're, we're telling the people it's, Hey guys, it's such an emergency. We're going to Mar-a-Lago this weekend. Yeah, of course. Right. You know? And so to me, it's not an, it's not, it's not an, now we're not doing something principled. Now we're not doing something yeah. radical to take on the system. I'm fine. I am fine with extraordinary measures to take on the system you're talking about. I am, I'm tapping out when it's clear we're taking extraordinary measures because a would-be con man needs to save face for the fact that he got in over his skis and now his, his mouth wrote checks that it, that his balls couldn't cash. I'm not into that. I'm not, I'm, I, I, I don't get a check from the Koch brothers. I don't get a check from talking from, from any, any Trump super PAC. So my answer is hell no on that. Agreed. But if he had, if he had walked the line for the, all the way to the end, I would have, there's never been a time that the president has actually substantively fought. I haven't stood by him. The problem is he doesn't, he doesn't frequently substantively fight 
What he does is promotes a brand. And then he forces all of us to decide whether yep. we want our, whether Aaron, whether we need to get we need to get paid enough and make enough pay enough of our bills to support his brand. Well, hell no. I'd rather be unemployed. I'm not doing that. Okay? So knows my answer. Every every time, just so you every one of you know, whenever the question is, Steve, will you support the Trump brand? My answer is always no. No, no. Hell no, no, no. Throw in every other four-letter word you can imagine. No. Thank you. No. Yeah. I, what, we, what we learned here, especially in that um, account of the angel moms that you just uh, shared, Steve, is that Trump, I don't think, I, I really don't think he is worth supporting on any level anymore. And here's why. We have been right all along. And Jamie Carter was the first one who said this. Trump is malleable. He will listen. He will listen to his base. The problem is, is that the people around him, his own personal Overton window that's provided for him by the people around him, the Kushners of the world, the White House staff that didn't let the angel moms come in the other day, those type of people, those are the people that he has hired. And how, well, who, does hire, who does Trump hire? Those who ball wash him. You cannot stay high character. Or have any any degree of character or sleep at night if you want to get in to Trump's good graces because you have to suck up to him. He corrupts everything he touches. I am on that. I am on that train now. I mean, there are some. I mean, the right from from the executive thing. Yeah, okay. There's some regulatory. I don't know if it is worth. I think we. I think we have our answer now after two years. At least I have my personal answer. I don't think it's just. I don't think the risk is worth the reward. In trying to stand with with Trump anymore, because even though we are right, and I want to underscale under underscore this again, even though we are right, and I think we have been right that he is, he can be moved when the right people put the right amount of pressure on him. If the people though around him aren't crusaders for the right things, don't have principles for the right things, Trump is never going to be able to be moved when we most need him to move and to fight. And so that, I think, is your answer to all of that. I don't think there's any getting into his good graces to be able to try and, and move him the way that we want to without actually corrupting yourself along the way. And so I just don't think at this point uh, that it's worth the risk with Trump. And that's a decision. And energy. And that's a decision everybody's going to have to make because the Democrats are out. I mean, as this is going on last night, Bader O'Rourke is live at the border. And we lost to that. Yeah, saying— we're just going to get rid of, and the reason he gave why we're going to get rid of whatever pre-existing fencing was there, is because well, it's a long way for migrants to travel. I mean, I mean, we we wouldn't want to, and it's a difficult, uh, it's a difficult course to ask uh, illegal aliens to scale a fence. Yeah, I mean, we lost we're, we're, to we're that. Here to, we're here. We lost to that ideology yeah. yesterday. Yeah, yeah, we're 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 here to make it convenient for the people invading the country. I mean, we want to make sure they arrive here safely and on time. Okay, exit question: If the impact on Trump politically were a Bruce Springsteen song. Which Bruce, which Bruce Springsteen song would it be? A, Brilliant Disguise. B, Born to Run. C, Glory Days. D, Born in the USA. This is impossible. Born in the USA. Shannon. Uh, brilliant Disguise. Okay. Aaron. Um, born in the USA since we're going to have a lot more anchor babies. Ooh, that's a, that's a hot takey. That's coming in hot. Hot. Issue two. Infidel or infiltrator? Ilan Omar has had quite a week in Congress, but let's go back to when she was running for Congress back in 2018. 
I came to this country hearing about um, prosperity and uh, a better tomorrow for everyone, and that's what this country promised. Um, I believed that America would be a place that had um, the tools necessary for people to reach prosperity, um, lead a happy life and a healthy life. And shortly after I came here, I realized that that wasn't the case. In fairness to her, I can totally see why somebody coming from the progressive utopia of Somalia would be a little underwhelmed with the United States. But let's snap back to the present day and go to her Twitter feed. First, she called for the investigation into discrimination against the so-called trans community of Minnesota, which is funny because I'm sure so many people at her mosque probably agree with her. Then she called for the defunding of the Department of Homeland Security. Then she made an anti-Semitic remarks saying criticism of her views of Israel were, quote, all about the Benjamins baby, for which Democratic leaders called for her to apologize, which she really didn't do. Are you worried about losing committee assignments? Absolutely not. And then there was this exchange she had with Elliot Abrams in her capacity on the Committee on Foreign Affairs regarding Venezuela. I failed to understand uh, why members of this committee or the American people should find any testimony that you give uh, today to be truthful. If I can respond to that. Uh, um, it wasn't a question. I, I, On was Feb- that was it not, was that was not a question. I that was the, I, I reserve the right I'm to my sorry. time. It is not, it is not right. That was Never not a question. Can attack On February 8th. Who is not permitted to reply. That, that was not a question. Thank you for your participation. Battle is raging inside me. Watch out, world. First question. Is Congresswoman uh, Omar, is she a conservative construct or a true threat to the American way? Todd. Well, because it's germane to my answer, I didn't think I had time on the uh, born in the USA question. But my reasoning is because of the line, uh, like a dog who's been kicked too much, just spending all your time covering up. That's why I picked that one. Uh <laughs> And related to this, oh, she's first a true threat, followed rather quickly by becoming a conservative uh, construct, because that's more or less what we're going to do with her, just like we're going to do with everybody, because um, they ain't going to click themselves. Um, listen, she she's she's a bad person. Uh, do you remember not that long ago when um, when a guy named Brett Kavanaugh was like on trial? For his integrity, and he stood and made a defense of his innocence. And the press said, "We're really uncomfortable with your tone. Is that is that what we need presiding mm. in the courts? Mm. What? How, how about this? How about her? Um, listen, she she's a she's a verbal, emotional, psychological jihadist within the American government." That's what she is. Mm. Shannon, what do you think? I don't know. I, I think I, I slightly disagree. I don't, I don't think that she's the brightest bulb out there. Uh, the reason that she has been elected and she's been chosen and she is on Capitol Hill is because of her headscarf and her refugee status. So, I, I, again, going back to my larger thesis that everything we see in Washington, D.C. is a reality TV show, I think that she plays a role and folks like Alicia Ocasio-Ortez 
are now playing the role of the, the radical leftist communists. Yes, they're dangerous, but I think they serve the same purpose as folks on the right in, say, the Freedom Caucus or the Liberty Caucus. They rile up the base. They provide the click-servative uh, you know, fodder for all of us to get incensed about. Meanwhile, we're all distracted from the growing bipartisan true threat to this country. And I think that's the coming together of the Democrats and the Republicans at the at the elite levels in Washington, D.C. Would that be like Schumer and McConnell going to the White House to convince Trump to sign this seven-month budget? Bingo. Yeah. And Trump himself, too. So to me, that's the larger threat. Those on the periphery, they, they again, provide the show. But, um, you know... I, I don't know. I don't know. I think that. She, Are you saying that she probably thinks she is some form of infiltrator, but really yeah. she's a MacGuffin? Is that really what you're yeah. telling us, basically? Yeah. I mean, and, and they always do. They have enough ego to believe that they're brilliant, but they're not quite smart enough to know that they're tools. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's that that's kind of the way this works sometimes. But they're certainly useful idiots. She is being used. I'm sure she believes a lot of the things that she's saying, but she serves a larger purpose. Oh, Aaron, what do you think? Were you going to add to that, Todd? Well, it it does us no good to sit there and continue to call well, not the smite, smartest bulbs. I mean, listen, they were elected by people. They're they're they're, they're more dangerous than us sitting here pontificating on radio. Too. Quite yeah. frankly, yeah. Yeah. they're yeah. not just a distraction. They are increasing in number in 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 deciding the ways our lives are governed. And I we need to walk and chew bubble gum at the same time. Yeah. I just got here. done saying that the system is an utter joke. I can blame them right. too. But they, they, listen, they, they, these people. People are utterly dangerous. They are sitting openly in contempt of our American institutions right now. These people would have been tarred and feathered, and rightly so, not long ago. And so, listen, we need to do both. Do, do not. Do, she's just not this some Disney yeah. plaything over there. She is an enemy of the state. Aaron, you get the last word. Um. The premise of the question is that this is a binary choice. It's not. It's both. Because yeah. as we learned yesterday, um, conservative media, by and large, has no idea and no construct. Hold on, I'm getting alert on Hillary's emails. For, yes. For <laughs> where our priorities are. Right. On any given day, yes, she is a terrible person. She is a terrible human being. There's so much hate uh, in that I've seen from her, like actual hate, not the leftist version of hate that you just disagree with me. There is a, a hatred uh, about her that you that is so easy to see. And if we had a coherent, um, you know, media that knew where to put priorities, those anti-Semitic things that she's doing, those sound bites that you're hearing on a on a typical day, they might be front and center in order to illustrate the dangerous um, views that she holds and how dangerous they are for our public policy and for our society. Instead, no, she is a click-servative construct. Do you think yesterday, let's take another person, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. The news comes out about Amazon HQ2 moving out of New York, and all of conservative media is talking about, LOL, communists lose again, New York's so dumb. Okay, on that type of day, what is, should be the priority? Should it be a crap bill that funds the Smithsonian right. about as much That's as it point. funds the border wall? Or should it be, ha ha, stupid New York? Um, I think the answer to that question, because 
Okay, uh, Ilan Omar, uh, she is one out of 435. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, she's one out of 435. Their votes on that bill aren't going to matter too much. You know what matters is actually people who might be able to penetrate the Overton window and get to Donald Trump. Mm -hmm. But no, it was just, you know, uh, New York's a bunch of stupid idiots. And um, Rush, was that true, Shannon, by the way? I know you I, I know you monitor Rush. Is that true yeah. that they actually opened up with uh, with Hillary's emails yesterday? Yeah, the first, at least from from when I started listening, the first uh, you know portion of his program was about Hillary's emails, and then he veered into a little bit. Then then he talked about his Apple you know watch, and that that's my See, larger point. My larger point is not that 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 folks like Omar are not a threat to the country; they are, but that, that we need to put them in perspective and address that. The majority of conservative media is focused on these characters that are so scary and awful. And we make fun of liberals and we bash Democrats and we complain about the, the left wing media. But w where the conservative media could be incredibly powerful in moving people to make phone calls, write letters, run for office, challenge in primaries. These are the areas where you could direct millions of Americans right, who right, want right. to save the country. Right. And we're just frittering it away, talking about things that we really can't change. So I got to get to the exit. I got to get to the exit question uh, if we run out of time. If the ultimate outcome of Congresswoman Omar's political career were a Bruce Springsteen song, which Bruce Springsteen song would it be? A, Brilliant Disguise. B, Born to Run. C, Glory Days. D, Born in the USA. Todd. Born to Run. Shannon. Born to Run. It's Born to Run. Born to Run. You guys are unanimous about that. Interesting. You, you know why. Uh, we, a bunch of our brethren are out there clickbaiting Amazon, New York City, and not holding the White House accountable. You guys know the answer to that. You want the answer? No. One get, one of them gets you booked, has a higher chance of getting you booked on Fox. Yep. And the other it, one has a zero percent chance of getting you booked on Fox. And and folks, that is the I, truth. There's there is a publication yesterday. I won't name names uh, right now. There's a publication who did not say a peep about that spending bill yesterday. As soon as though there the news came out about a national emergency, big capital headline: Trump declares national emergency. That's what I'm talking. About. That's your answer. Back with more in a moment. Got an email from the wife letting me know the Shamrock Shake is back. It was the last time you had your ears professionally cleaned. <laughs> have you ever? Uh, do you have itchy ears, ear pain, that plugged up feeling? And you know what? Maybe you need a professional ear cleaning, but you don't want to go uh, to the doctor's office, uh, spend all that time waiting in a waiting room or expensive uh, costs out of pocket for going. Instead, how about just taking care of this in the comfort and convenience of your own home with... Wax RX. It uses physician-developed technology that safely and effectively removes that earwax buildup for you, and then it will soothe your ear with a pH-conditioned formula. And again, now you can use it in the comfort and convenience of your own home and without a prescription. Here's how: uh, you can try the the Use Wax RX system risk-free today by going to usewaxrx.com. That's all one word: usewaxrx.com, and use the offer code Radio. At checkout for free shipping. Use waxrx.com, offer code radio at checkout for free shipping. And did I mention the Shamrock Shake has returned? 
Back to the day's group. Your weekly look at the week that was. Let's get to issue three. Bill Lye, the fake science guy. If you're going to say when an egg is fertilized, it's therefore has the same rights as an individual, then who are you going to whom are you going to sue? Whom are you going to imprison? Every woman who's had a fertilized egg pass through her? Every guy who's sperm has fertilized an egg and then it didn't become a human. Have all these people failed you? Uh, it's just a reflection of a deep scientific lack of understanding. And uh, you, you, you literally or you apparently literally don't know what you're talking about. And so uh, uh, when it comes to women's rights with respect to their reproduction, I think you should leave it to women. It's really... Uh, you cannot help but notice. I mean, I'm not the first guy to observe this. You have a lot of men of European descent passing these extraordinary laws based on ignorance. Sorry, you guys. I know it was written, or your interpretation of a book written 5,000 years ago, uh, 50 centuries ago, makes you think that when a man and a woman have sexual intercourse, they always have a baby, that's wrong. And so to pass laws based on that belief is inconsistent with nature. I mean, it's hard not to get frustrated with this, everybody. Uh, And I know nobody likes abortion, okay, but you can't tell somebody what to do. I mean, she has rights over this, especially if she doesn't like the guy that got her pregnant. Um, How much of the gaslighting, straw men, and red herrings in that video we just watched, does the average Democrat lefty believe about pro-lifers, do you think, Todd? I really love the part where it's bookended so well. At the front end, science, 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 and answers. Well, if you feel like killing the baby, you f- you feel like killing the baby because right. science why, why or does, something. Why does no? What, 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 why would nobody like something that is a completely natural, amoral occurrence? I mean, why would what would be there? What would be there to dislike about it? Do you know? The, uh, listen, it's, how, fr- it, you know, it's frustrating. That's that's the only true thing he said in the whole how video. Much, I, I just how much of that do they believe? Some all it depends. It, it doesn't. It doesn't really matter. They'll use all of it because mm. if there's, we know by now. Many of them said, "Yeah, I believe it's a life, but I'm still going to kill it anyways." So the, it's it's utilitarian uh, uh, for them. I just uh, proud daddy moment though. My daughter, uh, eighth grade daughter, asked me yesterday. We're driving in the car and she says, "Daddy, uh, what the dad? What's uh, GMOs? What do you think about them?" And like, we're odd question, but we do some natural <laughs> health things, and so we talk about it a little bit. I said, "Is there a particular reason?" You well introduced the uh, segment yesterday in school. They showed us a video from uh, Bill Nye, and you've taught me what I should think about that guy. So I thought I better ask you. Love you, Tessa. You're a smart lady, Aaron. Um, yeah, I, I think the answer to this question is everything and nothing all at the same time. Because when we're talking about the average leftist, uh, it is um, moral relativism at best. Um, uh, moral. Um, uh, moral, uh, what's the other term uh, that we use? Uh, relativism. It's relativism and it's uh, 
just whatever I believe at any given time. So it's all of it and none of it at, at the same time. Sorry, I don't have a longer answer, but that's basically yeah. it. So Shannon, according to uh, Bill Lai, uh, Bill Lai's understanding of what pro-lifers believe, uh, how long have you been married? 16 years. 16 years. So I'm guessing then there, that, that Bill Lai believes pro-lifers think you've been pregnant, therefore, uh, several hundred times at the very least, maybe several thousand. Since every yeah. time he thinks a man and woman has sex, we believe that that means that a pregnancy has occurred. I, that, that he, that's what he says in the video. Did he not say that in the video? Well, and it's it's a bastardization of, of science. Um, it is it's what happens when you use pseudoscience in order to pursue a political agenda. Bill Nye is a politician, a pundit. He is a, an activist before he is actually a scientist. And so he's just reaffirming what his you know, his base wants to hear. And it's a radical leftist progressive agenda. But I think that Todd uh, touched on the more important issue here. And this leads into some of what I try to encourage my audience to do with bottom-up resistance. You know, um, Todd mentioned it, that Bill Nye is talking to his daughter in a public school on a regular basis. And I can tell you that Bill Nye is featured in thousands of public schools across the country on a regular basis. And so this is part of the larger indoctrination that's happening in our public schools. If we wonder why millennials are so, so open to the socialistic message, if we wonder why the country is moving so far to the left, especially with the young people, it's because there is a massive amount of indoctrination happening in these public schools. And so while conservatives will focus on college campuses and all of that indoctrination, they, they never ever look at the single biggest problem in this country and the biggest problem for anyone who believes in the Constitution, sovereignty, liberty, um, you know, free markets, and that is public education. Even if your kid is in homeschool, even if you're a private schooler, you can save your child, but they are building up an army, 50 million children mm -hmm. every single year, five days a week, seven hours a day, 180 days a year are being fed this. And that's the larger problem. So, you know, if we address this in our public schools individually in, in, you know, with our own kids, that's kind of the front line. And that's part of that bottom up resistance that I always advocate for my listeners to engage in. Exit question. Who do you think is the conservative, for lack of a better description, um, equivalent to Nye, meaning some D-list celebrity that's been elevated because of her, uh, his or her, uh, willingness to gaslight the left in the most banal, easily disprovable uh, ways imaginable. Who do you think that is? Todd, I'll start with you. Shannon, I think you're going to love my answer. It's clearly, okay. it's clearly Donald Trump. Yes. Yeah. Yikes. I didn't even thought about that one. Well, you know. Wow. I, I read, I looked up, you know, what gaslighting really is. And it's usually someone who's on your own side. So it's the psychological manipulation that makes you question your memory, your perception, yep. and your own sanity. Yeah. And they, they use persistent denial, misdirection, contradiction um, to destabilize the victim. And I have to say, hands down, Donald Trump is number one for Aaron? sure. Uh, should I say this? Yes. Tonight on RT, Scotty Hears. Ooh. She's on Russian Today. That's right. I forgot about that. Um, yikes. Issue four, wintertime blues. 
This has been a rough winter, especially for the Midwest. A couple of weeks ago, the high temperature in Cedar Rapids, Iowa, about two hours from where we're located, was nearly 20 below zero. We've had above average snowfall with no end in sight. You're sick of this. Well, yeah, especially when I have, you know, I'm the only one here doing all this but that's nothing compared to Illinois, where the McLean Police Department was forced to arrest Elsa, placing her behind bars with no bond until further notice. In Wisconsin, a wasteland filled with the frozen carcasses of tauntauns litters the landscape as residents try to figure out what to do if the population dwindles too much. In Antarctica, penguins gathered for an impromptu prayer vigil for their North American friends, knowing that even they couldn't endure what's happening to them. In Minnesota, eyewitness reports say people there are actually putting on light jackets to shield themselves from the bitter cold. But perhaps the most dire indication of just how cold it's been comes from this very studio, where for a period of about 36 hours, Steve allowed the air conditioning to be turned off. <laughs> God help us. <laughs> True story. <laughs> Holy crap, did I just get gaslighted in that entire <laughs> intro? <laughs> oh, so... <laughs> So I'm like, you know, Aaron's like, you know, let's have the fourth issue be something that's not political <laughs> every week to lessen the load. I'm like, I think it's a great idea. You are you. Yeah. And, and, and I have, I've been feeling, you know, guilty about how much I've been whining about how brutal this winter is. And so I'm like, you know what? That's what the final issue is going to be this week. We're going to have good things to say about winter. And here I am trying to to be magnanimous, and you put together an intro that just trolled me the entire time because of how much I have been whining and complaining about winter uh, here in the studio. But yeah, it was I will, brilliantly done. I, I just want to say, uh, Steve is an incredibly low-maintenance person. I mean, as far as a host goes, it's really rare that a host does most of the, the show prep uh, himself when he has an actual producer, uh, access to an actual producer. And, and Steve does that for, for the most part. But his one blue M&M, his one blue M&M. I got to see my breath in here. You got to be able to see your breath in the studio at all times. And I came in this morning, two degrees outside. Look at the thermostat and the air conditioning still on. <laughs> all right, let's get to the first question. As we approach the will it ever end phase of winter. Give me three positive things about winter, and none of them can be Christmas-related. That's a cop-out, all right? So nothing Christmas-related, three positive things about winter. Aaron, I'm going to start with you. Uh, so the first one is it makes you appreciate warm weather better. Um, the second thing is is that uh, I got to gaslight Steve and just roast him. <laughs> and then the third thing is, you know, up until January 1st, I really like snow. Snow is really nice. So that's those are three things. Todd? Uh, well, as you know, I have four daughters. Uh, watching them still, well, the oldest is a freshman in high school, the youngest is a third grader, and they'll still all four in, in the big snows go out and uh, play. That's fun to watch. Uh, this weekend, we always usually always President's Day weekend, uh, take uh, my family uh, skiing in uh, Galena, Illinois, over by Dubuque. We're doing that, so skiing is fantastic. And third, uh, the way my uh, wife looks in that favorite red sweater of mine. Okay. Oh, that was so cute. That was cute. <gasps> that Shannon. Was really 
Okay, so number one, I enjoy hibernating and not feeling like I have to go out and see people. So I don't feel guilty about binge watching like the Real Housewives of anything at all because it's so cold outside. So that's number one. I like to hunker down. Number two, um, as a woman, you can pack on a few pounds and it doesn't really matter because you're hidden under layers of like long underwear and sweaters and parkas. So, you know, you can ease up on the diet a little bit, have an extra can of SpaghettiOs every day after <laughs> work, which I do. So loving, <laughs> loving that. And um, I'd say the third thing I get to torture my husband, because Steve, while you need to see your breath, I sneak around the house and I turn every thermostat up to 75. Mm. And so uh, we have some you know, interesting discussions about that, poor fella. But. We finally solved that in our house. We got this like zone heating and cooling system. Oh, nice. And so the way it works is in, I have the heat totally off where my man cave is in the basement. There is no heat. All right. It's off, which means it stays with how high she keeps the heat everywhere in the other two levels. It's like a pretty comfortable 60, 65 in there the entire winter, you know? So it's like perfect. So there's no heat on in the main, in, in, in the man cave level. It's, it's on about 68 uh, on the main level. And I don't even want to you, know what she turns it up to up on the, on the upstairs level. You All are right. an enigma. I mean, you just said out loud, a pretty comfortable 60, 65, yet at the beginning of this week, you came in on Monday or Tuesday complaining about the snow. Like, I, I thought you were going to move to Florida or Texas yeah, like the I, next I'm, day. I, it, yeah. You I'm were broken. done. I'm about broken, yes. I was almost going to declare a dude code violation. It my, was... my, my three would be Anna's birthday. My oldest's birthday is in February. Good one. Uh, my youngest's birthday, Noah, uh, his birthday is in February. And the third thing is... Over the last three seasons, Michigan basketball is 67 and 13 in its last 80 games, and most of those were played in the in the wintertime, including nine and one in its last 10 games against uh, ranked opponents. Scoreboard, sure. Yeah, so those would be my three. All right, let's get to the exit question. What's your favorite season and why, Todd? Well, that has changed over the years. I th I think. I would go with spring. Kind of, it, Aaron's kind of said it. The cold weather makes it um, all the more, um, you know, it really appreciative. It, it, it hits you, and plus, uh, the more uh, with the holiday. That's the Easter season, and the more one's faith grows, um, you know, that um, really hits you all the more. So I think it's it's not it's Easter. Quickly, Shannon, because we still got predictions and go. Upstate New York in autumn is the most beautiful uh, mm -hmm. thing you'll ever see. Aaron, it's fall, hands down, football season. Uh, the temperature is is still warm, but not too hot, and it's a little bit. It's just a very comfortable comfortable temperature and football. Also football. Uh, I, I I'm yeah. with I'm with Aaron, but if but if you told me my answer could be every season but winter, I would I, I'd be okay with that one as well. All right, our predictions brought to you by our friends at Home Title Lock. Homeowners beware! A data breach just exposed 24 million of us to home title fraud, a crime that could cost you your home. If you've got a mortgage, a refi, a HELOC through a major bank, this breach may put you at risk of losing every dollar of equity in your house, maybe even the home itself. So uh, don't let this happen to you, and you may not even find out till the late notices arrive, maybe even an eviction order. Uh, your bank will protect you. Identity theft protection won't protect you from this, but... For pennies a day, Home Title Lock will. Uh, and you can see if you're already a victim, uh, go to HomeTitleLock.com, register for a free title scan and report. They normally charge about 100 bucks for that, but it's free to our family here today at The Blaze. HomeTitleLock.com. That's HomeTitleLock.com. Todd, predictions. 
I think it will be largely for bad reasons, but I do see a path that after this whole wall thing is done, that Donald Trump's um, uh, polling actually increases more than anybody in Congress. I, it, it'll be unsettling the reasons why. I mean, we don't have time right now, but I, I've been thinking about it. I see a path based on just how the public thinks about things and what their government should or should not be doing and their lack of knowledge therein, that his polling might increase the most. Okay, Shannon? I've been watching the base respond to Sebastian Gorka trying to spin this whole border thing, and I think that Donald Trump is going to have a lot more trouble with his base than he anticipates. And I think you're going to see him begin to move towards the Democrat Party and this new bipartisan unibrow coalition in Washington, D.C. So I think you might see him abandon his MAGA base to some capacity in 2019. You saw yesterday. I mean, a majority of House Republicans voted against this. I mean, he he's passing this omnibus with Democrat voters, yeah. guys. I mean, if, if it weren't for the Democrats, this thing wouldn't have passed. So, I mean, that's not nuts. You saw a, a, an early uh, a proto version of that just occurred yesterday. Aaron. Uh, despite the fact that I actually liked the product uh, on the field last week for the first weekend of the American or the Alliance of American Football, I do believe that this is anything is going to peter out in the next two to three years because of the leadership's ideas about uh, social justice and what football should be and relating to that. I have a couple of reasons, don't have time to get into them, but I just don't think that they understand who their audience should be. Hmm. Uh, I'm going to predict one year from now we'll actually have have had cast. Uh, official votes in the 2020 election a year from now. And I'm going to predict not who all is going to run, but that these four people will definitely survive long enough to maybe more than these four, but these four will survive long enough to be on the ballot in the first in the nation Iowa caucuses in alphabetical order. Joe Biden, Kamala Harris, Bernie Sanders, and yes, Elizabeth Warren, only because I think she's such a pathetic figure. She won't go away. And she has hired some pretty good staff here in Iowa that will need a paycheck. Shannon, always good to see you. Thanks for joining us this week. Take care. Thanks, guys. We'll come back. Hour number two, today's Truth Bomb, as well as Feedback Friday. It's next. With hour two, live and on demand on the Blaze. I am Steve Dace. Todd and Aaron are here with me as well. 888-900-3393 is how you can let us know what you think about what we think. Uh, also, uh, you can email the program. Steve at stevedace.com is the email address. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. For those of you listening on the podcast today or via radio, last name is spelled D-E-A-C-E. And if you are listening to us via podcast, thank you. Uh, we appreciate you no matter when or where or how you decide to check us out each day. Uh, we just ask, though, if you are uh, on the podcast and you haven't done so yet and you like what we do here, uh, consider leaving us uh, a five-star review and click that subscribe button as well. Thank you to all of you 
that have done those things already. We will be getting to some of your feedback here coming up shortly uh, in this hour. Also, today's Truth Bomb is coming up in a matter of moments as well. One of the cool things on this show is we get a chance to support and stand side by side with people who are taking a stand, like Miss Victoria Hurst, and she's taking a stand right now uh, in, in a way against her own family because she is part of the Hurst family, uh, the great uh, you know American tycoon, William Randolph Hurst, one of her family's properties, Cosmopolitan Magazine, which she's disturbed to see has gone much more full bore uh, in terms of its, uh, shall we call it, uh, adult-oriented content in recent years, and yet it continues to be marketed to minors like Todd's daughters, mine, yours. Uh, and she wants her her family's company to, to essentially uh, practice the same corporate responsibility that uh, shield laws force magazines uh, like uh, Playboy and other adult-oriented magazines uh, to engage in, which is uh, you're shielded from minors. If this is something, I know a lot of you are busy and you ask me all the time, hey, what's something we could do? What's a cause we could get involved in? I don't have a lot of time. Go to CosmoHurtsKids.com. CosmoHurtsKids.com. That's H-U-R-T-S. Lend your voice to say, hey, if uh, you want to go down the road of more adult-oriented content, that you should be marketed specifically and exclusively then to adults and not our children. CosmoHurtsKids.com. All right, let's get to it. Today's Truth Bomb. We're going to have some fun with this today. Uh, presented by my new book, Truth Bombs, Confronting the Lies Conservatives Believe to Our Own Demise. I mean, the, the political theater that you have been exposed to this week is literally right out of the pages of this book. I, I mean, it is, it is, you have watched this book come to life this week. All right. So if you've not yet gotten your copy, you can get it at bookstores or amazon.com, preferably right now today. If you have ordered uh, your book from Amazon, you've had a chance to read it and you like it, consider leaving us a five-star review there too. And again, thank you to all of you that have already done so. So uh, today's the, the one month anniversary of the release of the book. Uh, it came out on January the 15th, and I thought we would sit back and maybe kind of take a, some stock in, in a couple of things we've learned since the book has come out. And one of it, one piece of information has to do with um, who has no interest in hearing the message of the book whatsoever. And then the the other is we're, we're beginning to accumulate this list, Todd. So the way the... You know, Aaron said I do the show. I do I do a good portion of it, and I may even do more than the average guy in my position does. But I, but these guys, you know, I mean, they earn their keep. So you know, Aaron is responsible for the production uh, side of things by and large. Uh, and one of the duties that Todd performs here is uh, he does, he books the show. And so we're beginning to acquire this list, right? Of people, how did you define it to me the other day? What's the phrase you're starting to hear more often? It was an exact. Uh, I must uh, politely decline. Politely decline. Yes, we've, got it multiple times. Yeah, we've gotten multiple now. We we should maybe keep this as a list. People who have um, politely declined, uh, politely declined to come on the program. Who's on this list so far? Who's on this list? Uh, Senator Ben Sass. Senator Ben Sass is now. Is this when? We were lighting him up pretty good for what we thought were political acts of malfeasance. Or no. is this no, so this was we we wanted to book him wanted to help him when he was taking on the infanticide and the religious freedom fights. Correct. When he took, in other words, so, when he started doing the stuff we told him to do. Yeah. So Todd, um I'm I'm mystified. You actually got a response. Uh, from his from his people, people yes. Yeah. 
Wow, yes. that's great because I tried like 15 times when you were booking the when show. When I was booking the show, yeah. and I never got a peep from anybody. So <laughs> we're making progress. Isn't your buddy Pandolfo like best friends with somebody on his staff or yep. something? Because that's why he was in town a few weeks ago, right? He was going over to Nebraska to a yep. wedding. Yep. For it was somebody on for uh, the uh, staff. comms director. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was the or Ben's director. staff. I said Ben's staff. Sorry, <laughs> Ben's staff got a sass infection. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yes, there's a uh, there's a bend for that. Um, so I just want to clarify, this wasn't we we he didn't politely decline when we were I would call it some people call it lighting somebody up I would call it constructive criticism because I want him to be successful. How many times have I pointed out on this show that where his Liberty score is now better than Ted Cruz's? I got a paycheck from Ted Cruz. I'm pointing. I'm the guy pointing that out. How many times have I pointed out what a what a complete and total fraud people like Devin Nunez are, and they've they've turned themselves into conservative heroes by shilling for Trump, and what's Nunez's Liberty score is like sixty points lower than Ben Sasse's, right? We've done all that stuff on the show. So when when we were critiquing Ben in recent weeks, it's because we wanted him to do the things that he's now doing, meaning it's it's you, it, there's the, the you don't get in trouble on the right. Can I? Let me just tell you, as someone that has been involved in the crosshairs that Ben Sass is currently trying to navigate, let me tell you what I've learned. You do not get thrown under the bus on the right. You, you, there, are, there are people that because you've criticized Trump before, you are on a blacklist to them. But you don't get blacklisted on the right corporately for criticizing Donald Trump. That's not true. You know who tries to tell you that? The people who tell you that are the people who criticize Donald Trump without then complimenting him when he's when whenever he does something that conservatives agree with. That's who gets blacklisted. Because what they're telling you is they're not really conservatives. That's that's what they're telling you. That that originally they criticized Trump because they thought for sure he'd never try to do any conservative stuff and they'd get away with it. And then whenever he's tried doing conservative stuff, they made the choice. They would just continue to criticize Trump um, because that's really their issue. They're not never Trump. They're never you. They're never conservative. Every time I've criticized Trump, it's always been from the right. It's always been from the perspective of um, the expectation he would do what you guys sent. I didn't vote for him. You did. So It's under the expectation of what you sent him there to do. So here is... We were concerned Ben Sass was going down this road of making this mistake where he's only heard from now when he criticizes Trump. He's never heard from on issues that we actually care about and that we're going to care about long after Trump is gone and we cared about before Trump showed up. Well, now he's doing the stuff that we talked about. Like if I was sitting in his office, I'd be I'd tell him to do stuff like go after that Senator Hirano on religious liberty. Go after her. That's inexcusable. Don't that can't stand. Go after them on infanticide. Make them vote on it. That can't stand. He's doing this stuff now. All right. And so we, you then thought, let's bring him on because we don't even always consult about guests. I'm, Most I'm, times we don't. We don't because I kind of just trust that you know what I want to talk about, maybe sometimes even before I do. All right. So you, I'm guessing, kind of thought, hey, Sass is doing this stuff we want him to do. Steve's been ripping him, chewing his rear end out. Let's bring the guy on and give him some attaboys and some helmet stickers. You don't even have to ask him questions. You just give him yeah. the platform or say, go, yeah. go, go. Yeah. And and you got a politely decline? Quote, politely decline. Yeah. Because I, I mean, I, I could see why our our audience would 
not be interested at all in, in Ben Sass taking up fights for religious liberty or the sanctity of life. I, I'm, I'm quite certain of it. You guys, you guys wouldn't care to hear more about that, would you? No. And the Quint, it, the other one, it was I can't remember his name. It was from a Georgetown professor mm-hmm. from one of, and I oh, don't. Was this the guy that wrote the New York Times piece? Yeah, about and he was. Where he a, told the truth for once. He told the truth. Yeah. So I, I, a same language, politely declining. I know. I, I I wish I could have seen the screen capture of his face when he did the Google search of our show, and he said, <laughs> uh, "You guys weren't supposed to see that." Yeah. Okay, so what what you're talking about is one of the things I bring up in truth bombs is, and this actually is going to go to where I'm going to go with this next. Okay, what you're not allowed to do, and the Overton window doesn't. That's why I'm ecstatic to see my buddy Daniel Horowitz's stuff featured on Drudge right now. It's the number one. His his critique of this budget deal has been trending number one. The number one trending article on Drudge for like 12 hours. That almost never happens. One of the things I, I point out examples of how Drudge talks about asexual cats. And never and doesn't get into any of the he this is the Drudge is one of the top three, Fox and Rush are the other. They're they are on their own plane of existence in terms of conservative media reach compared to all the rest of us. And Drudge almost never provides a format for legitimate ideological critiquing, particularly from the right. Meaning you're not allowed to attack the Republican Party from the right. If you want to know why my appearances have dried up on cable news in general, it's because they thought my my label never Trump from the last election meant I was never conservative. And then when they kept bringing me on and realizing my critique of Trump is he's not radical enough. He's not going far enough. That's my problem. Okay? Well, I'm not I'm not of any use to them anymore. They want, as I point out in the book, they want sides. That's what they're looking for, not your opinion. So um, this guy wrote in the New York Times that he laid out how the Republican majorities in Congress have essentially uh, shadow banned Trump's agenda that you voted for. And they've made him his presidency largely irrelevant. On a, on a domestic policy standpoint. And we don't know this guy's politics I, I had no at all, idea what his politics were. But it's were. so interesting. He's yeah. from Georgetown. We didn't yeah. go to some right-wing think tank. No. And so I was stunned. This is the kind of thing the mainstream media will never cover. Because they don't want you to know the truth. They, they prefer a universe where we're all in this one Team R grab bag. So we never have to look critically at anything or have any discernment whatsoever. And you're just fed the tribalism. I couldn't believe they printed this and told the truth about this. Do you know how many times I have written columns and suggested op-eds to these public that have gotten rejected because I won't because they don't want this story out there. And so what happened here in my view is their over-eagerness to bury Trump at all costs for any reason, to humiliate Trump for whatever reason, in the, has often caused them to lie. <laughs> right? In obvious ways. Okay, like I was just reading during the break, Andrew McCabe is now saying he didn't go on camera, even though we watched it. He didn't go on camera and tell CBS that they were plotting to um, overthrow the Trump presidency. But that this was cleverly edited by 60 Minutes. So either CBS, <laughs> so either CBS is a liar or the former director, or deputy director of the FBI is. You know, and to, if you ask me who is it, my answer will be 
Yes. So um, they're so in this case, though, of this column we're talking about, they're so eager to bury Trump that instead of lying this time, they 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 told the truth because they wanted to. They thought the article was about, haha, Trump's ineffective, can't cut any deals. He's a moron. His own party's shunning him, hates him. The swamp is burying Trump. I found this article, Mike. This is essentially confirmation of most of what I've tried to tell you for the last 15 years of my career or 10 years of my career. I couldn't believe they printed this in the New York Times. They're not supposed to tell you this. You know, they're not supposed to tell you that the outcome is scripted. They're not supposed to tell you that part. Okay. So Steve Boilerplate Dace then proceeded to say, come, let us reason together. Yes. And they said, I, I'd like to politely decline. No, because right now, that, you know, do you know how many apologies that guy is probably sending to his progressive buddies for writing that piece and letting the cat out of the bag for the possibility that you might know what's really going on here? So for that reason, we also got. So what happens is I can tell you what happened. He Googled the name like, right. Yeah. And he's like, oh, this isn't a guy that wants to take Katie Turr's job at MSNBC. Um, cause I was, I'm, I'm genuflecting for them. This guy actually is, is going to point out something that, uh, we don't want those rubes in Trump's base to actually know then, cause then they might call Mitch McConnell's office and, and instead of saying, uh, cocaine, Mitch, they might drive his ass into a ditch and say, do your job. Well, we don't want him to do that. We want him to think that McConnell and Trump and all these guys are all on the same team. Whoops, my bad. So I'm going to have to politely decline. Which is a good, since we're talking Overton Windows, I haven't, I don't think I told you guys I was going to bring this up, but I've decided I'm going to. Why not? I don't care. So um, I had a conference call with a woman through my publisher. Um, this was uh, his idea, and I thought it was a great. This was well, my my published my contact at my publisher, Post Hill Press. This his idea, and I thought it was a great idea. Um, it was to hire uh, outside of his own outside of their own in house PR team for the for the publisher was to hire essentially a kind of a version of a special master, somebody who came in, and this is their one specialty was to get me more exposed on Fox. Because this is not a book that um, be, going on CNN or MSNBC or any of those channels for this book will sell me no books at all. Because the message of this book isn't for them. It's for you. Okay? The, the point of this book is to make you a, is to, is to alert you to the truth of what this New York Times columnist realized he had accidentally stepped on telling you. The point of this book is to tell you all those things so that you don't fall for these scams anymore. You know, well, um, we hired this woman who had been a booking producer for several years at Fox. And we did a conference call with her and she's really familiar. We did this early December, I think it was, or sometime right after Thanksgiving. And uh, she's really familiar with my work, or at least told me she was. Um, and uh, had some really good pointers about the inner workings of Fox and things of that nature. And um, I think I'd been, I had been booked on there twice in the last few months, like on a Sunday afternoon, right? Something like that. At the, yeah. and, and those were the only two times I'd been booked on there since 2011 or since January of 2012, actually January, 2012. So, um, yeah, she knows people. She's going to get this done. She worked on, on a lot of these shows, yada, yada, yada. 
Okay. And she's like, uh, you know, we should start working this now so that we can begin to, you know, introduce you to them in, the, in December so that, you know, we're ready to go when the book comes out. And a lot of the stuff you touch on or hooks, a lot of their shows would be interested in, et cetera. Now, um, in her defense, Fox at, the, at this time launched basically a competitor to us called Fox Nation. So that could have something to do with what I'm about to say. I wanted to, I wanted to make sure I pointed that out. In fact, I'm sure it has something to do with what I'm about to point out to you. I, now, it had nothing to do with why for six years in between this, they didn't book me at all. It may have something to do with the timing here because technically, you know, in fact, I think one of my old buddies, Todd Starnes, might even be doing a show on Fox Nation like right now, right when we're on. I'm not sure when he's on, but what Fox, isn't that, that's kind of their like online product, right? Correct. Okay. Yes. So in a way- we are, we're technically competing with them. That, that may have something to do with it. Okay. I, I want to state that. All right. Because this is a segment called Truth Bombs. So, um, but what was fascinating was, and then I, I tried to get a definitive answer from her last night or from her a week ago. Now she won't respond to me at all, this woman we hired. But um, it was, it was fascinating watching her go from this is a no brainer to just complete, total um, defeat. Uh, they did actually book us once. She finally got them to book us for one appearance. And it was it, the, for the first time. And it was actually when I was going to be on Christmas break, but I was going to be in town. So I was available to do it. They then called to cancel it, saying they had that because of breaking news, they weren't going to do the segment. Um. And then I only found this out from her after the fact because I don't watch cable news, you know. Um, they I only found this out from her like several days after the fact. They they didn't they 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 lied to me. They did do the segment. They they didn't they did do the exact segment that they had booked me to do. They didn't have they didn't move on. They didn't have breaking news. They just lied, and they just booked somebody else to do it instead. <laughs> All right, and it was fascinating with the emails and stuff and and listening to her and some of the intel and, uh, you know, one of my sources tells me they think you're too conservative or this or that, okay? Um, And so we went from, yeah, there's no reason they wouldn't do this. You're one of the next big things to now the woman won't even return my notes, won't, won't return my emails. And this, in a span of, what did I say? Early December this started. So two and a half months, you know? Um, so when I say things to you, like what I said last hour, the reason why the vast majority of conservative media, um, which doesn't live in New York City, by the way, there's not a lot of conservative media people live in New York City. But the reason why they were obsessed with Ocasio-Cortez screwing the city of New York out of a bunch of Amazon money as opposed to pointing out that we're going to sign one of the biggest amnesty pimping bills in American legislative history is because um, one of them gives you a higher degree of possibility of being booked on Fox and the other one gives you no possibility of being booked on Fox. Now that's just, that's the truth bomb. 
That's the reality. Next week when we bring him on, I'll ask him. He'll tell you the truth. Daniel Horowitz and I have both had, we've had members of Congress tell us before. Uh, we, we, yeah, that sounds like a great idea, but we can't, it won't, it won't play on Fox, so it's pointless. There's no point in doing it. No point going there. That's, that's just the reality. Any thoughts, gentlemen? Burn it down. <laughs> Seconded. I mean, that's yesterday. I brought this up at the end of last hour, but this was perfectly illustrated yesterday in a publication, a very well-known conservative publication. Um, throughout the entire day, when Chris Pandolfo from Conservative Review and Daniel Horowitz from Conservative Review and to some degree us um, were trying to point out, and there were a couple of others. I mean, Laura Ingram, we had her tweet on there yesterday. Kat, I saw Katie Andrew Clavin at Daily Wire. Um, Katie Pavlich at Town Hall. Or is it Clavin? I'm sorry. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, um, but this one publication, nothing, 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 nothing on this spending bill all day. Then, um, as a news item, then when it came out that Trump was going to declare an emergency, what do you th guys think gets more clicks on a daily basis? Is it, um, hey, look at Section 224B of spending house or of uh, Senate bill, blah, 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 yeah, blah, 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 is blah, raping you, is yeah, raping that, you yes. or Trump declares national emergency? Uh, which do you think gets more clicks? I think we all know the answer. To so that. which one do you yeah. think they ran with yesterday? Yeah. Yeah. When it was too late, yeah, because got to get those clicks, guys. We all want to get clicks. Yeah, that was the main reason why I souped up the uh, the truth bomb the other day about God trolling us and and put it out there because I thought it was something that would interest people, um, to maybe attract them to our show so that when things are important, when it is time to fight and when it is time to get um, uh, to take action, that maybe we'll be there for them and they'll be there um, because something that you know they wanted to click on and they wanted to watch. Um, was there at the right time. Everybody wants to get clicks. There is a business aspect of this uh, at all. Mm -hmm. But this is, the, this is the sad reality, is that, again, there is a reason, a very specific reason, why I put Mitch McConnell, new conservative hero trademark, or um, fill-in-the-blank rhino, new conservative hero trademark. The trademark there is not just uh, a throwaway. Trademark is, this is an industry. It's all an industry. Um, there should be, and there's deeper pre principles there, and there are a lot of good people, especially here at The Blaze. I mean, we get to say, we disagree with others at The Blaze when we want to. Um, we have the freedom to do that. But by and large, the vast majority of conservative media is just existing uh, to sell things. And yes, again, business aspect. There's always a business aspect. And we want this to be successful. But there has to be a deeper, if we're going to do, if we're, if we're not just going to do journal, straight up journalism, if we're actually going to be conservative media, meaning we have a bias, have the bias for a purpose. Mm -hmm. Very well said. Let's get to it. Uh, this week's edition of Feedback Friday, we take a look at some of your responses to us. Steve at SteveDace.com is the email address. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Day Show. Last name is spelled D-E-A-C-E. -E. Matt Terry in Florida says, 
Love you guys' take and your gift of sarcasm. And nothing has combined the two better than your examples of providential trolling the other day, as Aaron just uh, alluded to. A few of my submissions, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, we're like, the world is going to end in 12 years if we don't wage World War II on our economy. Uh, it, it's, it's Klobuchar, or is it Klobuchar? Amy Klobuchar, is that how it's pronounced? Oh, man, I should I've heard know it both this. ways. I lived in Minnesota, and I mispronounced it and been corrected. Uh, Klobuchar. Klobuchar. Yeah. So Klobuchar. I was wrong on both fronts. Yep. Uh, announcing her anti-AGW-based presidential campaign in a blizzard. And Jim Acosta at the border wall noting, things are calm here, Wolf. No crisis at all because there's fencing. Uh, and the bonus, trans males competing in female sports. Nice, God, nice, nice, nice work, God. I'm starting to laugh again. Was about out of tears anyway. It's enough to make me, this agnostic, jump right off the fence. <laughs> Buying truth bombs now. Love yes. you guys' show on the blaze. Yes. Yes, yes. That yes. was good. Or uh, maybe maybe this was mentioned before. How about the party of uh, racial diversity dressing up like a bunch of clans people yes. at the State of the Union? Yes. I completely agree with the trans movement. My child is trans species. This week, he, I mean they, came to me to tell me he, it, it, they are a dinosaur. I've made an appointment with the plastic surgeon to immediately transition them from Homo sapien to Brontosaurus. Of course, he, they wanted to be a T-Rex, but we're vegan. So my son, uh, I mean, a dinosaur, will not identify as a vile carnivore. The surgery will begin next week on my cute four-year-old dinosaur. I can't wait to see how cute he, they will be once the scales are in place. The flat, founded feet are going to be awesome. Don't judge me, Dave. That is, I, I support. Dave, um, well done. Uh, you are a model of parenting that is inclusive and sensitive to your children's needs. I would say, though, um, for the four years that um, you have been identifying and foisting upon him the identity of a human being, I would uh, caution you, though, you should probably retain a lawyer so that, you know, in the future, if your dinosaur feels like uh, reparations need to be made for the four years that you're referring to it as a human being, that it doesn't sue you. Uh, because uh, it's not like anything has happened like that in, in the recent news at all. But just, you know, just to be be sure, be careful. And if he needs further help on how to navigate uh, this tough road, I'm pretty sure there's probably a Bill Nye video to help him yes. walk through that. <laughs> It's it's just frustrating. Um, uh, Sabrina writes, after seeing a headline the other day, I knew I had another question for you fine fellows. The high headline read, Blackface Becoming Global Issue. This made me wonder, why is it okay for, for uh, black people to be upset and offended when someone wears dark makeup trying to look like them, but I can't feel upset and offended when Bruce Jenner wears makeup and a costume trying to look like me? Hypocrite much. I, I, I don't know what to tell you, Sabrina, other than um, all I know is this. You're racist. Yes. 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 Now, I, I don't I, – I can't necessarily explain slash quantify why you're a racist, mind you, but I just know that you are one. If you're a white teenage kid who tweeted lyrics to racially charged gangster rap lyrics when you're 15 and put them on Instagram – you're a racist. Dante DiVincenzo yes. uh, called yeah. and said yes. If you chose not to listen to such music because it was so racially charged, you need to know you're a racist. In general, just assume. 
Just assume you're a racist. Stop asking questions. Who yep. cares about the facts when morality is at stake, Steve? We were told that exactly. by AOC. No. You know what? If Trump would have dropped that at his presser today, I think I would have forgiven this entire charade. I think I would have. If he would have dropped that, if he would have said, you know what, who cares about facts, about what's an emergency, what's a crisis? Who cares about facts, about how many detention beds or what's a citizen or where's a fence or how much fence or is it a border? Who needs facts when we're talking about morality here? If he had done that, if he had dropped that, now I'd have dropped it like it was hot if he had done that. Now we're trolling. Now we're doing something effective here. That's the difference between trolling in order to expose the other side and trolling my own side to risk exposing myself. If you need that burst of energy, don't buy that thing in the little bottle. It's got 9,000 ingredients and you can't pronounce 8,999 of them. Uh, get your energy fix uh, the way nature, your creator intended. Uh, that's where I go. And I'm, I love this product. It's called From Dawn to Dusk. It's from our friends at Brickhouse Nutrition. They're a team of physicians that are looking for things that um, – help your body perform the way it was created to. Uh, and one of their outstanding products is from dawn till dusk. I use it uh, on a regular basis uh, in my own life. Uh, it, it has a huge uh, boost of energy with no crash, no come down. And what I've noticed too is it helps my focus and even my mood uh, to improve at times. So at times. I, I, I threw the caveat in there. <laughs> Keeping it real. At times. Yes. They may not make a strong enough product to make that happen at all times, but it's good enough that it happens at times. Yes. If you want to try it out, I would highly recommend it. All right. Um, again, this is the way that your nature and your creator intended it from dawn to dusk. BrickhouseSteve.com is the website. You can visit it right now, BrickhouseSteve.com, uh, and get a bottle of this groundbreaking formula for 15% off your first order when you use promo code Steve. So BrickhouseSteve.com, promo code Steve to get 15% off of your first order of from dawn to dusk. All right, let's get back to Feedback Friday. Uh, this is from uh, Jacob Decott. First, let me say, start by saying that uh, you guys' show is a breath of fresh air because it provides an honest and complete assessment of what conservative public policies and worldview should be. Second, if President Trump signs this funding resolution, then it will mark the end of any possibility, I think, for conservative victories on immigration policy for years to come. The end result will be more illegals coming through as a result of the catch and release program doing, due to 17% fewer detention beds. Also, the legislation does nothing to address the more than 40% of immigrants who overstay their visas, which contributes to the strain on the social safety net, schools, hospitals, etc. In fact, the legislation expands visas for unskilled workers, is what it does. Imagine you've been waiting in line um, and, and you're qualified for a med school or an aeronautics program, and you've been waiting in line to immigrate to this country legally. By the way, the average wait to immigrate to this country legally, depending on what data you look at, is anywhere from four and a half to seven years. And imagine you're waiting to do this, and you're watching us just grant all kinds of waivers for unskilled laborers to come here in droves. What would, we, what would you be thinking? Why am I obeying the rules? 
Why am I trying to do this the right way? That's what you'd be thinking. Anyway, back to Jacob's uh, email. Uh, the legislation does nothing to address chain migration. That's right. Uh, this guy knows his stuff. Employers who knowingly hire illegal immigrants, like the company here in Iowa, where we had the murder last year, for example. Uh, I believe that President Trump should not only veto this legislation, but should declare a national emergency to build the wall when he does. President Trump should not only build the wall, but focus on eliminating chain migration, immediately work with the Department of Homeland Security and ICE on deporting people who have overstayed their visas, declare the drug cartels as terrorist organizations, and work on reforming the application process for legal immigration. I think that's an excellent plan. Uh, my op- I am I'm now opposed to the emergency declaration. And, but it has nothing to do with, um, well, you know, that's a very tough power. There's been like 57 of these since 1976. Now, none of them are quite like this. Okay, so when you see that talking point, you should know most of them have dealt with the president's with the president's ability to wage war or national defense via executive power. Few of them have 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 dealt with um, domestic policy. Number one, and. They've never been done in this level of a judicial climate, okay? So this one's going to set some kind of a precedent. That is true. So they're both actually true. Both, both of the tropes you're seeing right now are true. The trope that this could set a dangerous precedent is true. And the trope that this has been done a million times, so what's the big deal, it's, is true as well. Here's what's changed. While it's been done a million times before, it hasn't been done by this president before this way. Um with a judiciary that has not only lost its constitutional moorings long ago, but is now literally putting injunctions on policies that there's no doubt he has the right to do because they don't like a speech that he gave a year and a half ago. That is literally happening. It, we, we, he's literally being told he can't ban people in his, on Twitter. That's censorship because he's the president. And they, that's the judicial climate we're in now. So that's, so it's not, as extraordinary of a measure as some of you have been sold. And a lot of you have been sold this by the same people that are like, um, stay in your lane courts. Those people who will write you their white paper at national review, lamenting how terrible it is that the judges are way out of control. But then of course offer no mechanism by which we would rein them back in or undo the damage they've done. And if we do, we're the radicals and we're terrible. Those people. All right. Um, but but it would not be true in my estimation, having studied it, to say that I don't believe this has the potential to set a dangerous precedent at the same time. I didn't believe that three days ago. Here's why I believe it can now. Because three days ago, we were still in a continuing resolution that was temporarily funding the government. And the government was shut down. Why? Why was the government shut down? It was shut down because the president of the United States didn't believe that Congress had fulfilled its obligation to give him the resources necessary to keep the American border secure. Correct? Yes. That's why the that's why the government. Okay. So the so follow me along here. All right. I want to I want to make sure we explain. I explain myself to our audience, so you know where, where we're coming from, and it will help you to kind of separate the horse pucky from what the real. Okay. The people who were telling you two weeks ago, we we can't uh, do an emergency declaration because the Democrats will use that. Uh, to take away our guns. How many, uh, yeah, yeah, how many of you are going to just hand over your guns when Kamala Harris's agents show up? I know the answer. None. All right. That's why Kamala Harris, President Kamala's agents are never showing up to take your guns. That's a, if, if we're doing things based off the fallacy of 
the left will do bad things later, then why the hell they, are they, Republicans funding almost any of this government then at all? That 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 that's that's like being concerned about you know the horse when the hay's left the barn or whatever the expression is. We're way past that now. Okay, so that complaint was either naive, effeminate. Um, or dishonest. And I don't know all the people lobbying it well enough to know which it is. We're well past that stage. The reason it's a national declaration is because the reason it's, an, I should say, the reason it's a national emergency is because we have done all these things that are terrible for the last, for all these decades to not protect the border. Okay? That's not the dangerous precedent that, that, w- that could be set here now. Here's the dangerous precedent that could be set here now. I'm going to sign into law as president a bill that says, if you're an MS-13 agent and you're human trafficking children, you can claim that I am with an unaccompanied alien child and therefore I can't be deported even though they're your prisoner. And ICE will say catch and release. That's airtight, man. How do you argue with that? That's airtight. That's that's why this is setting a terrible precedent, because we're acting, we're making the emergency worse. Which means either A, we are purposefully making the emergency worse, or B, we are so undeniably shallow, incompetent, and, and bad at this that we're going to try and have it both ways and assume you're too dumb to figure it out. By let me sign this legislation with all of these poison pills in this. And then after I've made the emergency worse, you will still you'll still applaud me and talk about what a great hero I am making America great again because I issued a national emergency uh, to clean up the mess I helped make that guys. That's Nero. That's not leadership, man. That's that's Nero's kind of stuff. No, no. Your children don't get medals for cleaning up the mess they helped to make. No. No. That's your job. So this so we're not it, it it's what kind if Obama issued a national emergency and then went golfing over the weekend. What would we all what would every show everywhere on on any semblance of right of center media be doing right now? Losing their poop, which well that's what this president's going to do. Seat the Mar-a-Lago tomorrow. So I'm I'm opposed to this because we we have no integrity. There's no credibility in this argument, in my view. We went to the we shut the government down, the longest shutdown ever. We did a national address to the country telling them that this is an emergency. And then we caved on this just so the president could give a State of the Union address. That that's really all we did. He just wanted to give a State of the Union address. Just wanted the clapping. That's what wanted to be on TV. I don't know what else did. What else did he get from caving on this? A lot less money that the Democrats were actually willing to offer him in December. So we're going to go before the federal courts and the Supreme Court, and we're going to tell them that the president should be acknowledged that he has it. And first of all, who wants to give the courts more power? Raise your hands. Is that what you think? That's a great idea. Because what we're really doing now is we're not we're not arguing about. Whether the border is secure, we're arguing about how much money to spend. We think it's a great, that's a great, imagine we ever actually did defund Planned Parenthood. See, this is now where the president comes in. Imagine you ever actually did defund Planned Parenthood. Why wouldn't President Kamala just decide, no, no, you didn't. There's all kinds of women who need abortions. 
and access to women's health care. And that's an emergency. So no, you didn't. We're going to do it anyway. That's the dangerous precedent you're setting here. Is he's undermined, in my view, this is my opinion. Now, it may be wrong. Maybe we'll play this out and it will work. May, you might find out you can win the Super Bowl giving the ball to Todd Gurley nine times. That might work. The game's not over yet, but I'm pretty confident your odds are every three, every time he doesn't get the ball, your odds of winning go down. Maybe, you can, maybe he'll still win. Maybe. I don't know. Maybe this is 73rd dimensional chess. Let's play it out. Let's play it out and see what happens when Todd Gurley sits on the bench for most of the Super Bowl. And let's see if you win. You might. I just think the odds are pretty low that you will. Because that's what we're doing here. We take our, we took our best. This is our Todd Gurley. Our best argument was we had to shut the government down because the Democrats aren't serious about securing the border. Well, we took that argument and we fleshed it. We undermine that entire argument. And now he essentially wants to declare a national emergency because Congress didn't give him the money that he wanted, that he signed into law and agreed to. Can you see now how that could be a dangerous precedent? I use the constitutional process. I agree to the outcome. And then I decide as a president, no, I I need better than that. That's now we are getting into a slippery slope territory. Now we are saying, let's say we do get a President Kamala, President Spartacus. You have a Republican Congress in a few years, and you you elected them to put a check and balance on him and her. And it doesn't matter. We're not making a high-principled argument now. Now we're essentially, let me tell you what's really happening here. You want a truth bomb? I'll drop one on you. What's happening here is a whole bunch of people in my line of work and up at that White House are trying to figure out a way for Trump to save some face. That's what's happening here. Whatever argument we thought was going on for the last two months has just been reduced to fearless leader um, needs, to, needs to be protected. See, this, is a, this is now, this is a CYA declaration is what this is. It has nothing to do with the border, nothing to do with the wall. This is the anticipation. This is, this, is, this, is high, this is one of the most cynical things I've seen in my career because it's operating under the premise you are every bit the, the, the feckless nitwits, cultic losers that, you, that, you, that all of you who voted for Trump are stereotyped and portrayed as. And now he's behaving and the people around him are behaving as if that's true because they've sacrificed and tossed aside every one of the arguments for going down this road which shows you they either suck at this or they don't even believe their own arguments. And whichever one of those it is, the end result is the same. The focus here is not on securing the border. The focus here is on protecting the exposed backside of fearless leader. That's the focus. You guys are welcome to agree or disagree. I, Mitch McConnell scheduled to vote for uh, the 25th for Ben Sass's Born Alive Protection, uh, Born Alive Survivors Protection Act. Um, here's I'm going to steal Todd's thunder here if I can for a little bit. Sorry, Todd. Uh, and I think steal I think you away. I think you said this on the show yesterday, or you tweeted it. If even Mitch McConnell, if even Mitch McConnell can see how much uh, saving face is going to be required, that yeah. he's going to schedule a bill. That's right. For yep. this, yep. 
there's bad, and then there's bad. Yeah, yeah. When, let me tell you, I was raised by a guy who used to beat us. And you could always tell. There's your Nintendo 64. Yeah. Your NES. I was one of the first kids on my block to get an NES. I remember I came home one day towards the end of my eighth grade year, and my middle school graduation present was we were going to California on a, on a two-week vacation, and we literally went to every amusement park uh, up and down. We went up and down the coastline, Laguna Beach. We went to uh, Ripley's Believe It or Not Museum in San Francisco and the Fisherman's Wharf. Uh, we went to Knott's Berry Farms, Disneyland, name it, Universal. We did them all. We did them all. Because the worse the beatings were, the more abusive he was, the, the bigger the, 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 the payback had to be. That's exactly what you're describing right there. Yeah. So Mitch McConnell making forcing a vote on a social issue indicates how much water they're taking on with the scam that's going on today. Go ahead. There's, a, it, there's a horrible... Uh, horribly beautiful poetry on the other end. You know, we talk about the rogue courts. That's right. But it's at the cost of what? The absolute flaccid nature of Congress. And here, ironically, is where uh, a, a, a Congress controlled uh, by progressives on and the right and the left get this win over the 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 orange Cheeto Jesus Donald Trump. Congressionally, they get that victory. And then. He decides, um, yeah, I'm I'm going to do this anyway. It, it it's it, that, and that's what I'm talking about. His potential on the show. I said today of actually, if things go right, him actually rising in stature in terms of uh, polling because the, the, I don't think there's any precedent really that's being set here. I, I think the symphony is now reaching a crescendo of what we have been doing for decades that why in the heck should he care or any president care what congress thinks when another branch of government hasn't been caring at all what congress thinks whether congress has mm -hmm. been trying or not why i ask you that's a why good point. we have brought this to bear all of us all of the ones well the courts have spoken all the people on the right on this show you know you got to go through the process now the courts have spoken you and now you're complaining about trump doing this why i i did the math on this last night and I rechecked it because I just couldn't believe it. It blew me away. 16 of the last 24 years, the Republican Party has had total control of the U.S. Congress. 16 of the last 24 years. Total control of both. Both, both houses of Congress. Houses. How, how old are you, Aaron? 26. Basically your entire life. For, for 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 basically your entire life, the Republicans have had control of both houses of Congress. What in the world do we have to show for that? Yep. 24 years. What do we have to show for? Babies are still dying. Planned Parenthood still being funded. We're still not serious about defending our border. Still in Afghanistan. Yep. 16 out of 24 years. I, I just <laughs> again, if you're looking for a cause that might be worth your time, check out the website Cosmohertzkids.com. 
CosmoHurtsKids.com. Miss Victoria Hurst is trying to get her family to be better corporate citizens. If they want to do adult content at Cosmopolitan Magazine, then they should be exclusively marketed towards adults and shielded from children. If that's an initiative that you can get behind, that's a little piece of activism. and only takes you a few seconds today to take part in that and to have your voice heard at CosmoHurtsKids.com. That's CosmoHurtsKids.com. Don't forget, we are off on Monday. We will have some guest fill-ins that will probably be a lot nicer than us on Monday. You all need a break anyway, don't you, from us? You do. We'll see you again on Tuesday. Have a great weekend. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.